This is the Ambiguously Blind Podcast. We are challenging beliefs and revealing abilities that make people extraordinary. Here's your host, a guy that is still remarkably tall for his age, John Grimes. Hey, 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 greetings. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting the podcast experience. As a good listener to this podcast over the last few years, you may have picked up that I've been working on a writing project, trying to bring my story to life in the form of a written communication, like a book, probably, I guess is the best way to say it. You know, everybody says, you should write a book. You should write a book. And so I finally decided that that's a good idea. And uh, for some people, that's probably a little easier than it is for others. And uh, as it turns out, I personally am not much of a writer, um, but through this very podcast, have connected with several people over the past few years that have gotten me a little closer, a little closer, a little closer, and made some great connections. And one of those connections is our guest for this episode, Garrison Wynn. He is um, quite an interesting fellow in general, but a uh, world-renowned speaker and entertainer and comedian Garrison is. It is with Garrison that I've been working for the last about 18 months or so on extracting all of these fragments and pieces of the story from my head and putting them down in a uh, manageable and um, impactful way of communicating my story. And Garrison's really been an integral part of that. And you very well may have seen Part of my story so far, I've shared it with uh, with some people, and if you haven't uh, seen it yet and you're interested, just please let me know. I'm in the process of uh, talking to some publishers and looking at some publishing options for the road ahead. We completed a proposal very recently and are very excited about the future for that and how things go. And um, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's an exciting time, and I am I'm really ready to uh, get the message out. But with this episode. I'm here to tell you this will be the last episode of the Ambiguously Blind podcast. And I know your heart is uh, palpitating. You're like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? But uh, it's not that serious. Um, the podcast will continue just as you know it. We're going to rebrand and rename. Um, that information is forthcoming. But the next episode you hear will be, will be the, new, the new podcast. It'll still be me, but just kind of with a different, um, maybe not even different. It's going to be... Ambiguously blind is, is part of my story, but it's only part of my story. It's not the whole story. So that element of the podcast is not going away. It's just going to be joined by some other elements. But what I need to do now, though, is bring Garrison on. He's been in the green room for way too long, in his opinion, anyway. And uh, I think he's getting a little anxious. So let's get Garrison on here. We'll talk a little bit about kind of what we've been doing and, and the path going forward. Hey, Garrison. Thanks for joining the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Thank you, John. I'm glad to be here. Is this the show? Because we keep acting like we're doing the show. But that was the pre-show. This is the actual show. This we are. We are. the The recording light is on. This is real. Wow. This is okay. it. This is what the, the previous thing was fake. That was a fake show. This is the real show. This is the real show. This is what top okay. ten percent podcasts sounds like. Fantastic. Can you believe that? I do. I do a lot of podcasts, but I, this is already my favorite, and we're like 27 seconds in. Oh, my gosh. Great. Amazing. So <laughs> this is the Ambiguously Blind podcast, but we're changing, Garrison. Do you know what we're changing to? I heard. Yeah. I heard you're changing, yes. Yeah. Tell me what we're I changing heard. to, because I think you know. Uh, uh, destiny is debatable. 
which is a fantastic title. Yeah. What a name. Who came up with it that? Um, I don't know, but it's fantastic. I think it's great. Whoever came up with that was very creative, almost like at a genius level. I think. Well, you might be referring to you or maybe somebody else, or maybe it's arbitrary. Okay. I kind of, I kind of helped, but still, yeah. I think it's, I like it. Yeah. So we've known each other for um, about since a year and a half. Since the late, 19, late 1950s. We met in sort the 50s, of. I believe. Yeah. And we've been talking quite a bit. We have. About, about my story. And Absolutely. a lot of our discussions have actually delved into your story, too, which is quite unique in its own right. Well, I mean, your story is an amazing story, and it invokes a lot of emotional. I mean, just kind of talking about your story was emotional. It kind of connected me to my story. But I guess that's what a good story does, right? Yeah, that's I hope I so. Yeah. And I've been trying to share my story for a long, long time, but I can't write. I have all these ideas in my head. I, I can talk about them pretty well, but I really can't articulate right. them in, in the form of print or in written form. Right. And um, I connected with you through a, through, actually through this podcast, through the Ambiguous Mind podcast, and my buddy Chad Foster, who's a buddy of yours as well. Yeah, Chad. Yeah, I work with Chad. And um, so here we are. We're about, I don't know, a year and a half in. We're, we're working on a um, book proposal, and things, right. are, things are going pretty well. I've got a lot of words on paper that I never would have had before, and they're pretty articulate. And that's mostly due to you. Now, most of them are my words. But you have a way of extracting them, formatting them, and putting them in the correct order for impact. And let's not forget humor, because we have to be funny. right. You know, humor humor is important to make things really sound good. It is. It is. It, humor is important. And um, I, you know, I, I was a pro stand up back in the day, and I I learned that uh, yeah that uh, it's really good to be funny if you're funny, and if you're not funny, don't be funny. So you kind of have to <laughs> you have to establish. Uh, uh, a certain level of humor. And, you know, to me, without humor, it's very difficult to tell a good story. I don't think I've ever heard a great story that was humorless. I think it's important to, you know, humor can kind of be a buffer between things that are hard and make things more right. approachable and easy for people to understand and remember. Right. And uh, that's kind of the way I've always been. And I, I feel like, you know, as a, as a, I'm not a pro stand up, um, but with talking to you and, and getting kind of a feel for that, I think it's, you got to be able to laugh at yourself. You got to be able Absolutely. to, to um, it, it makes difficult things easier to digest. That's right. And if you're the hero of your own story, there's nothing less funny than being the hero of your own story. I mean, that's, you have to, if you're taking yourself too seriously, I, can think, I think it's kind of hard to convey uh, an effective message. And but your story, I mean, I'm telling you, your story is really very, very powerful and it's very unique, you know, and I think that if you have a powerful story that's unique, it's a lot easier to actually create the humor, in my opinion. Yeah, there's, there's really only a few people on this planet that know my story better than you, which is kind of weird because, right. I don't, you know, we didn't really know each other. That's right. There's something really, just really kind of weird about not knowing anybody and just like unloading a bunch of you know, deep seated information. Right. It's almost like a, th a therapy session every time right. we got together. Right. And, but I was going to say something. I laughed at what I was going to say, because I said, you know, your story is very personal. Like someone's story is not personal. It's a crazy thing to say. Of course it's personal, but I mean, but your story is something that didn't happen to everyone. 
It's a circumstance that most people are not in at all. Uh, and it had a lot of interesting uh, twists and turns. And, you know, and it, I think that what, what, what connected to me was the idea, what connected to my own story, was kind of the, the belief that, wait a second, my life is over. And they kind of find out, really, it's actually beginning. And in, in, and in many ways, uh, a better story, a better situation. I always think it's interesting how people's lives are often somehow weirdly improved by the problem. So I think that's an interesting thing. I think you're right. And it takes a long time for maybe somebody like me or somebody in the, you know, in the situation to oh, yeah. kind of understand that. That's exactly right. Other people might see it before you do. That's for sure. No doubt about that. And something that I think we've talked about is, um, you know, life or the powers that be, the universe or God or however you believe, doesn't give you more than you can handle. And one of the great things that I, right. I thought we'd come up with is that most people don't say that in the middle of their problem. Most people say that. At right. The that's exactly the right. So. Well, that's true. You know, the guy that said money isn't everything was dead broke when he said that, by the way. Money yeah. isn't everything. That guy was broke. And so it's kind of hard to really understand where you really are in the middle of it. And, and, and again, for me personally, I just thought that the, the story made me think two things. One, about how fortunate almost anyone is to, to get through a difficult situation. Uh, and number two, there's just some you know nuances to your story that I thought, you know, I mean, not to go into your story too much. I mean, I'm sure people know your story if they listen to your podcast, but the the idea that you know uh, you had a visual impairment that wasn't obvious to somebody else you could totally encounter someone and they would not know you were visually impaired they had to discover that sometimes in a strange and offer often a humorous way yeah and so I, I think most people that listen to this for any length of time um, do know uh, quite a bit about my story when it comes to the visual impairment side of things. It is. It it was at this point now the ambiguously blind podcast. So we talked a lot about sight loss and and dealing with that and 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 how right. people work with that. But what I haven't done, and I've been somewhat reluctant to do, is get into kind of the other story because my story actually is much more deeper than just sight loss. Very there's much. Some, there's some other things going on, and for whatever reasons, I've just been reluctant to get into those things. Um, but in the last six to maybe 12 months, I've kind of started opening up on that, not on the podcast so much yet, but just kind of in some writing and things that I've been putting out in the world to kind of right. understand. So that's kind of the, the, the change in name is just to kind of broaden things as well and incorporate some of those other things that I think are important and cathartic for me to get off my chest and start talking about to make things easier. So that's kind of the destiny is debatable thing. You know, right. originally the doctors told me or my parents or whomever was there at the time that this guy, me, if he lives, which is a question, a big question, is likely going to be right. in a vegetative state or nowhere like himself if he lives, right? And so that was kind of the right. the destiny. And so we say, well, I, I don't know what happened exactly. There were a lot of miraculous and kind of crazy things that happened that I'm going to start talking a lot more about. But here I am. Now, you may, you know, you know me pretty well, and you may know that I'm crazy as well. Um, well that you, is true. You ahead. don't know me before that, right? So you don't really know what I was like before. But this is pretty much the same guy. I'm just a few years older right. now. And so that's the thing is that destiny is debatable. And the filter through which of your circumstances is most certainly up to you. And right. doctors don't always know what they're talking about. That's right. 
or people in general don't always know what they're talking about. That's right. So you've got to take in charge and live the way you want your life to be. Well, you said something really interesting about, you know, doctors and, you know, certainly doctors always disagree with what anybody says about doctors, but that's just doctors. But the thing is that I sat next to a surgeon. I fly all the time, all the time. And um, I, I sit next to everybody. I sat next to a surgeon one time and he had a few drinks. He said, you know, uh, most surgery is really exploratory. I said, what? What do you mean? He goes, well, people aren't really the same when you cut them open. There's no telling what's in there. So surgeon, I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, the human body just is not exact from person to person. And surgery with, with one person that's the same kind of surgery is different for someone else. And he went on to say that we don't really know a lot about the human body compared to what we'd like to know or what we should know, especially about the brain. And so uh, much of what we're doing is doing the best we can with what we have. What we have, he said, isn't much. That's what he said. Hmm. So to your point that not only do doctors not know everything, they kind of can't know everything based on where we are really in medicine. And I, I keep thinking that we've had giant advan- advancements and we have had giant advancements in the treatment of certain things, but there's a lot we don't know about humans and, and what our reactions are to certain kinds of issues and problems and circumstances. Yeah. The human, human element, the, the resiliency of, of humans. What does, um, as we, so we, we've walked through a lot of stuff and we've talked about a lot of stories and, uh, most of them mine, but we've worked through some of your stories too, which has been, which has been really cool. But in your words, what do you think destiny is debatable means? It means that there's, there's, a, there's an idea out there uh, that we're on some path, and that path we're on is somehow our destiny. It's supposed to be that way. This is how things are supposed to be. Now, I know when someone some tragic things happen and somebody says, well, that's God's will. Well, I guess we say that because we want to feel better, and maybe somehow we believe that it's God's will, and who knows? But I think that someone's destiny is absolutely debatable. I think that um, destiny, uh, circumstances do not control your destiny. I think you do. I don't think so. I think circumstances happen and people react differently to those circumstances. And one person may have a very different experience with an identical circumstance based on a lot of different things. That makes destiny highly debatable. So it's more about the reaction to things because things happen in life, as we yeah, as we all know, everybody knows that. Yeah, it's how we re- react to life. I mean, people, you know, it's amazing how differently people react. Just amazing to the exact same situation and how we react differently to the same thing when it happens to us multiple times. We don't react the same way every time. Why do you think people react differently? So dramatically differently? They, I, I don't really believe we. I don't believe that we believe the same things moment to moment week to week. I think our belief system can be changed and altered by how we feel emotionally. We've done a lot of research in the last 25 years. It's so much of our decision-making is emotional. And those emotions are affected by a circumstance of the day, of the minute. Some generational things too, right? I mean, you talk about, we've talked about yeah. a lot about Gen X oh, yeah. and Gen Z and all the different That's kind of right. ways that people are, are, are raised and how those things... That's a huge deal. We, we created that. My generation, uh, and I'm 62 years old, uh, made some mistakes, I think, uh, with people who were probably uh, 22 to 32. We, we told them life was fair. Turns out that's not true. Um, we swooped in and solved their problems for them 
before they could, you know, maybe fail early enough. So therefore, they failed later on. They lacked resilience, also our fault. And uh, that makes them more likely to be easily offended and more likely to be depressed. And I think that uh, we did that trying to build self-esteem because our you know, we had self-esteem issues, I guess, my generation. We wanted to, to save them from that. And I think we did them a disservice. That's what I, I believe. And I think now we have to deal with it uh, as best we can. That's my opinion. I think you might be right about some or yeah. most of that anyway. Yeah. yeah. But also we're responsible, uh, you know, for where we are now, you know, meaning that, you know, our parents may have made a mistake or done whatever they did. But at a certain point, we have to make the decision, you know, that what we're going to do. It's like the Judy Garland story. It's true. Yes, they gave her quaaludes to put her to sleep and they gave her amphetamines because she couldn't. I mean, they, they gave her the quaaludes because the amphetamines kept her up. They gave her the amphetamines during the filming of uh, The Wizard of Oz because her weight was changing. She would she was gaining and losing so much weight that they couldn't edit the film. So they tried to stabilize her weight. And so they, yes, it's true, Hollywood created her drug addiction. At age 38, when she's, you know, you know, falling out of a car in the street, maybe that's on her at some point. Yeah, I don't know the Judy Garland story. Interesting. Okay. Well, you do now. That we're was not in Kansas short anymore, right? Well, we're definitely not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I am I am I am wearing ruby covered <laughs> I'm wearing ruby slippers right now. <laughs> That's okay. It's an audio only podcast. So nobody can, you, you could actually say that and nobody would be able to. I wear ruby slippers for every podcast. Yeah. Right. And by the way, for those of you who are under age 40 and have no idea what I'm talking about, I apologize. There's a movie a long time ago comes on <laughs> around Thanksgiving. It's called the wizard of Oz and the flying monkeys were not in the book, but go ahead. That's yeah. It's a good, it's a good one. And you should check it out and, and listen to what dark side of the moon when you're uh, trying to get the full effect. Right. Do you turn off the sound and watch the Wizard of Oz <laughs> while listening to Dark Side of the Moon? Is that what you do? Well, yeah, that is. Try to get the full effect. So what 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 do you think when when you hear Destiny is debatable? Because I think that's the new title for your podcast. What does it make you think of? That's a good question. And kind of what I said earlier, it's a realization, I think, that we we control. It's 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 cliche, I guess, to say that you control your own destiny, right? But I think it's an actualization or kind of a reaffirmation of the fact that we have the choice to react the way that that we want to react. And if you uh, right, you want to be a victim, you want to be a victor. You know all those things that you can say in the cliche world that make it sound the way you want it. But this is life. This is not a. Um, this is not a. Uh, this isn't the uh, opening act. This is the real thing. And right. Things yeah. happen. People, you know, I think it took me for a while. I, I was 19 years old when my story took a dramatic change. And prior to that, Garrison, I, you know, like I had very trivial things in life happen to me. You know, I, I, right. some, some girl didn't want to talk to me or I didn't make some team or things that right. at the time seemed pretty big, but in, in retrospect are minuscule to anything. And so, but there are people that go through things much bigger than that at an early age, at an old age, and middle age, and all the time. And I think it's important to realize that things happen to everybody. They happen at different times. And I think right. it's really important to share stories and talk about these kind of things so other people know that they're not the only ones. Because my story is pretty unique, but you could probably substitute a couple of variables and 
and match somebody else's story exactly. And right. uh, the, the differences can, can be pretty slight. And it's, it's all about the reaction and, and, and the filter through which you view, you view your circumstances is totally up to you. That's exactly right. You got you to gotta just, you got you to gotta see it the way you want it and make it happen. And I also believe that, you know, we, we need to really be inspired by our own story more. Yeah, that's kind of like imposter syndrome. That's another thing. Right. That's, a, that's a popular thing. I don't ever feel imposter syndrome. But as I will say that the more that we started going through these stories, Garrison, and the more we started extracting things, I'm like, man, that sucked. That was bad. I didn't like that right. at the time. I don't like it now. And I really buried that deep. And I think if I tell somebody or talk about that, that could help somebody else else with whatever they're going through. Absolutely. And I'm not an imposter. I mean, this happened and I'm tired of, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about it. Let's get it out in the air. Well, also it's about, it's about kind of moving past anything that resembles, you know, being a victim. What I've learned is that if it's always somebody else's fault, I can't learn anything about myself. And that if I can take a look at the role that I play in other people's problems, or take a look at the role that I play in my own problem, I kind of move past that thing. Because if you're a victim, game over, victims never recover. One of the greatest things about it being my fault is I'm the leading authority on fixing it, because it's my fault. I, I, can, I can change that. I can affect things that are my fault. When I decide it's all your fault, and you've done this to me, or the world has done this to me, then that's when I become uh, powerless and into that victim mentality. And I believe the victim mentality is one of the biggest issues uh, that we have in the world. It's that victim mentality causes people to, to make the decision that they're going to shut down. They're not going to communicate. Uh, they're not going to actually put the effort in to make their own lives uh, better because they feel that they've been wronged by the world or by people. And they carry those resentments. Um, so that's, I think that's a big deal. Do you think that's more now than it was in the past? Or is it, is it about the same? I think so. I think that we, by we, I mean me, uh, my generation had this idea about building self-esteem. And the idea was, well, here's what happened. So if you are under 35 years old, my generation created your kindergarten. It went like this. Welcome to kindergarten. Uh, we love you no matter what. We're going to reward you without accomplishment to build your self-esteem. What that means is when you're making macaroni art, or the macaroni goes on the paper or your face, it's still art. That's what we said. And we said that because what they told us in kindergarten was when you see the bright light flash of a nuclear explosion, you get under your desk. That's right. They told me I would survive a fireball under a wooden desk. And that's a lie, John. That's a lie. <laughs> so we took our problem, our issue, our trauma, and wanted to not allow this generation to have their trauma. And I think by doing that, when sweeping in and solving problems before they had them, that they lack resilience is what happened. And we did that. And we also told them to question everything. We went and we, you know, to ask why. And that's why, you know, if you've got, uh, if you're a parent, you've got kids in their twenties or in their teens, they just Google everything you say. They don't believe the word what you say. They're just going to Google it. We're going to look up chat GPT and see what the real answer is because mom is full of it. Yeah. So we, we created that situation is the truth. How do you think we get ahead of that or change that or turn that back around? Well, I, I think we have to, first of all, acknowledge that it happened. And I'm so impressed. I, I talked to 23-year-old Kyle when I was speaking in, where was I? Atlanta. 
uh, he was in the audience and I talked to him afterwards. And uh, he said, you know, you said some things in your presentation today that, that, that made me realize that, you know, my parents were trying to do the best they could with me and that their intentions were good, but they were basically just trying to make me avoid problems they had, which you can't, you get to go through life. You got to have your, have your own problems. They jumped in and stopped me from having problems, which caused a problem they, they didn't have. And now we don't relate. Mm-hmm. So. He didn't say it like that because he was 23, but that's what he meant. So I think by acknowledging it, I think we can make it better. And I think that by getting real and stop saying bad things about young people, every generation moves the world forward. I mean, that's why we're still here. They will too. Uh, we may not like what it looks like. And, and maybe we rob them of uh, some history, I think, and some things that we, I think, I don't think they teach deductive reasoning like they used to in school. I think that there's some things we don't do. And I'm working with the school system right now, uh, school systems around the country to kind of give back that idea of how to think about something in a way uh, that is a bit more practical, a bit more logical, and being able to separate your emotions. Uh, from maybe maybe something that's uh, more realistic. So like you said, it's a, the filter through which we view the world because uh, our belief system creates our, our, our view. Our belief system creates our experience. So I think we need to work on that, that belief. What generation is in elementary school now? Do we have a name for that? Uh, uh, 11 to 26 is Generation Z. And before that, they're calling them alpha. I don't know what that means, but uh, I don't understand what, I don't know, X, Z. Um, I'm a junior boomer, whatever that means. So I think yeah. we, I don't know about that. I just know that one thing's for sure, that 22 to 32 is a real issue. Right, right now, 44% of people aged 22 to 32 are not looking for a full-time job. It's never happened. Before. It's half a generation not looking for work. 52% of them live at home with their parents. That's the most since the Great Depression. More people have quit their jobs in the last 60 months than in the history of recorded data. So whatever we're doing, right, it's not working. It's not going that well. We, but we have to really acknowledge that problem exists because like, oh, we got a 3.7 unemployment rate. Well, then why can no one find employees? Mm-hmm. Why, when you go to a hotel, do they say, oh, well, we can't really give you a feather-free room because the person that can do that is not here now? Because we have 11 people running a hotel that requires 40 people. That's what's going on. Mm. And your generation yeah. created some or all of that, you're saying? If we're going to get an uprising of people who are my age with signs down with garrison, <laughs> so be very careful. Yeah. And, and <laughs> there's no one you want to be on the, the other side of criticism than my generation. Trust me, we're experts <laughs> at it. But I, I think that... Um, we had extremely good intentions. And I think that we did make uh, these people kinder. I think we did make them have more compassion. I think they do work in teams a lot better. Get a bunch of people 22 to 32, year, to 22 to 32 years old in a room to deliberate, they come out with a solution. You get a bunch of people in their 50s and 60s at the end of the day, like, he's got that guy's an asshole. So they're, I think, better maybe at solving problems together than we are. So some of it worked. But I think we have to uh, get honest and say that the the biggest influence of any generation is the one before it. Mm-hmm. Let's not pretend like that's not true. Yeah, I think yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so destiny's debatable. Here we go. This is the this is the beginning of the new regime, if you will, the new uh, thinking. I think you know we're working on a book, Garrison. We're trying to find a yes. place for it. I think there is a place in this world for it. And I believe there is. I think it's a pretty dynamic story. It has a lot of twists and turns, and I think it resonates with a lot, a, a large swath of people. And um, currently in the in the stages, trying to find somebody to get behind it and feel like this is something right. valuable too. Well, when people ask about the story and what I've said, and, and it's in the proposal as well, is it's, it's, you know, it's American pie meets Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's the kind of the, that's, that's the feeling you get <laughs> from the story. <laughs> what what does that mean exactly? Well, I think what it means is, is there's, there's, there's kind of a normal, if not campy, journey of a young person right yeah so that's american pie yeah right that really turns into just kind of a bizarre uh, fantasy it feels like a bizarre fantasy like is this really happening could this be true i mean this is a weird journey uh, it, it's an odd journey and, 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 and it, that that looks weird from the, the the position of you viewing it i mean just the view that you would have mm -hmm. i mean you know and and how do you how do you navigate that so Lord of the Rings meets American Pie. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can say it better than that, right? No, that's exactly what it's a, it's a, that is, a, that's a very, I think that's a very accurate, I mean, at the, of the heart of the story, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it is also like, you know, Lord of the Rings, it, it's a, it's a journey that was unexpected and maybe not the journey that you thought you were on. It turns out that the journey means something quite different. Yeah. And I think that's, again, I think that touches a lot of people, the journey that you might right. not have thought you were on and the journey takes, exactly right. takes on a, a life of its own. Right. You know, and, and the truth is, is that as predictable as we think that life can be, some people think it's pretty predictable. Not really. We, we think life is predictable after we've had the issue. Well, you know, I kind of figured that. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah. I love when people go back and go, well, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Well, it didn't at the time at all. You know, right. that's not true. But I mean, it's not that people are dishonest about their own experience. I think it's really, uh, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. I think hindsight is more maybe trying to make sense of something that, uh, at the time didn't make any sense. It's easy to go back and say, well, we, when you put it all together, it kind of makes sense. Well, it certainly didn't make sense in that moment. My story didn't either. I don't think anybody's. So. Yeah. Well, hindsight's 2020 and you know, my site's 2300, which I think you coined the phrase was looking like looking through binoculars backwards. Which... Yeah. That's what that's, you know, when you described your vision, it's unlike looking through binoculars backwards, but my favorite thing I remember is the guy that lives across the street who absolutely believes that you do not like him because <laughs> you don't wave back. Right. He's waving uh, to his neighbor. John doesn't even look up. He doesn't look, he doesn't acknowledge this person. And then he looks directly in the guy's direction. And the guy says, is this guy like he's looking through me? What's wrong with this John guy? The truth is you, you can't see, but he doesn't know that you're looking right at him. And I think that's a, an interesting metaphor, uh, in, in my opinion. Yeah. You know? We, we work through some, some funny um, jokes or uh, routines, I guess, on that, where, you know, I yeah. did see him, but I, I just didn't <laughs> like him, really. So I just... And you have to explain to him that 
Yes, it's true. I can't see a lot of people. I, I did see you and ignored you on purpose. Yeah. Many people I ignore accidentally. You, sir, were specifically on purpose. Right. You know, that's, but I can hear you and your children from a long way. I know you're there. A lot of noise coming from you. <laughs> and when the police show up, I called them, just so you know. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, 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 but I think that most people, either believe their story is really unique where it's not. And they also don't believe that it's unique where it is. You know, does that make sense? I think we have a tendency to go, oh, well, everybody goes through this and maybe there's some uniqueness or, you know, oh, this is amazingly unique. Right now, someone, a young person was going, I can't believe what's going on. Oh my God, we've got, we've got to, the Ukraine, we got this war and that war. And I can't believe about war. I said, yeah, every hundred years, <laughs> we have a war, a giant war, literally every hundred years, like clockwork. A giant war happens and it's the same thing. It seems like we should work it out. Why don't these people get along? We ought to work it out. Somebody drops a bomb. It's just the same thing. And it's just what happens. Just what human beings do is every hundred years, we just fight. So that is not new. Oh my God, a pandemic, 20th pandemic in 500 years not new a bit. So I, I think there should be a bigger history class. By the way, here's what happens in the world, you know, hurricanes and war and pandemics and political issues. Um, it's just, uh, it's interesting and it makes for great news, but it's not new. And um, I think that uh, social media has just blown up everything and we're looking at our news feeds and your news feed's not the same as mine because it's based on our searches so mm -hmm. whatever we're searching for whatever our fears are are being brought back to us in a news feed and then people disagree with each other because they're not looking at the same information yeah that's what i think Amazing. and meanwhile we've never been safer and had more food in the u.s we've never been safer and we've never had more opportunity and more food that's the truth but you can't sell uh prozac and life insurance with that is there? there's not a nickel of money in good news so no, there isn't. But I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to downplay someone's problems. We have problems. We have lots of poor people. I was just talking to people in the school system today about the poverty in these homeless students and how difficult all that is. I'm just saying that uh, no one is launching rockets into our city and that's happening other places. So, yeah, yeah I was just talking to my dad about that a few, a few uh, last week, actually, about how just how blessed yeah. we are and how grateful we are or should be to just be born in the United States. Yeah, and not we in Gaza or some place where there's. That's right. It's just amazing. And for many of us who don't realize that uh, Israel and Gaza lob missiles at each other with great regularity, mm -hmm. uh, you know, pretty much since 1947. And before that, they were lobbing catapults or swords or whatever. I mean, it's just been going on since uh, the beginning a long of time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we're a young country. And we had a massive civil war to straighten a few things out, which was uh, we had what, 700,000 people die. We had 700,000 people die when the population was 90 million. That's a lot of loss of life that we had. So we've had our stuff um, and uh, we've dealt with world wars and all that. It's just, you know, it's, it's just kind of, I just think people fight. I really believe that after World War I, that really was the war to end all wars. And to fight after World War One, I, I believe, is proof that we just like fighting. I think that's the truth. You know, it's like a good fight. I think that's the, the issue. Yeah, well, that could be debatable, you know, uh, just right? like destiny, Garrison. So uh, where oh, well. do you think we go from here? Where, where <laughs> This uh, podcast, this is going to be episode 102, actually. So uh, we're kind of steering in a new direction, a little more broad direction. 
So uh, now we're going to talk about Destiny and whether uh, it is, in fact, debatable. We're going to have a debate. We're going to be masters, masterful. That's right. At our debating skills. Um, I don't have a ching there. I'll, I'll play. Yeah. So. Do, do you, you need a whistle or a bell to go off when you say this? Are you looking for something? Destiny's debatable. Ching. No, it's going to be a, off. yeah, it's going to be a rim shot or something. That was, you know, but that was a low level. That was a low-level potty joke. You know the problem with a rim a rim shot almost now means it's not funny. Like a when you get right. it's like a dad like joke. Like that's yeah. What do you what do you call a boomerang that won't come back? A stick. Boomsh. It's kind of like you know. But I but I I do think that destiny is highly debatable, and I think we need to start debating it because if we don't debate destiny, then uh, that means that we maybe we're just standing on a, a a railroad track waiting for the train to hit us. I think we have some options and by the way i never saw anybody hit by a train who wasn't standing on the track mm -hmm. so that's yeah my experience well garrison it's been great to connect with you here we've talked a lot and uh we've talked about a lot of things but uh i i'm very thankful for for all that we've done and we've been through and we, we continue to do because we're still writing together and crafting yeah. a uh and a, a keynote speech and doing a lot of other things and i'm super I'm excited. excited about yeah but I will say in the end, since we're wrapping the podcast up, I can tell you want to wrap this podcast up. I've never been on a podcast before. <laughs> Was this obvious? This one, where, right. <laughs> where the host is so obviously going, look, we're done. Garrison, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I got to go. Time I, I gotta, is what we Yes. I got I got a bus to catch. I got to get out of here. I'm leaving. But I, I just I just think that uh, I, I want people to to try to realize that this is what's happening in the world is what happens. And it, it may be our destiny that we have these kinds of repeatable problems. But I think that how we choose to view those problems uh, could help us in being able to solve them. Um, I think acting like, oh, my God, you know, I can't believe this is happening is, you know, reminds me of uh, the old commercial that with the fake butter. Oh, I can't believe it's not butter. And it's like, you know, believe it. It's not freaking butter. You know, <laughs> no, believe it, lady. Believe it. I think that there's maybe a, a mindset we can have, and, and nobody knows that better than you. Your circumstances uh, uh, were dealt to you that are very difficult, and if, I think if you can look at the way that you, the way that you look at the world, is evidence that we can certainly uh, change our mindset for the better. Thanks for spending your time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe. Don't wait. Connect with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.